This is The Fit Mess with Zach and Jeremy. Our topic this week, strengthening your immune system naturally with nutrition. We will talk about that with our guest, Marie Ruggles. She's a clinical nutritionist and author of the new book, Optimize Your Immune System, Create Health and Resilience with a Kitchen Pharmacy. I love that term, kitchen pharmacy. It is uh, the way I try to think about food whenever I'm uh, eating anything or preparing anything for my kids uh, and then immediately feeling guilty that I know that what I'm giving them is not healthy. So we talk a lot about nutrition and, and all the benefits and the most glaring ones, right? You you feel better. You know, you lose weight if you eat right, if you're eating within moderation. But eating to support your immune system, that one's a little odd for me because it actually relates a lot closer to my my work where, you know, you prevent risk. But eating to support your immune system, it's like buying car insurance, right? You hope you never need it. But when you do, and you don't know that you have it, right? You know, other than the fact that you're paying this bill every month and you're paying a bill uh, by eating well, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it just blows my mind too, right? If you're eating and you're keeping your immune system strong and you and you don't get sick and you don't know when your immune system's actually functioning to keep you from being sick, like it's out of sight, out of mind kind of thing, but also super important. I think it's kind of like, uh, I, I keep thinking of the, of the word biohacking because, you know, that is something that we've talked specifically about and that sort of is a general overview of, of everything we talk about here. But this specifically is overly scientific for me for something that, as simple as eating. It's just the, the food you put in your face and what you choose to do that with has a huge impact on your overall health, the way you live your life, the way you feel. And, and you're right. It's, it's one of those things where when you're doing it right, all you really see is probably the higher grocery bill because it's organic and locally sourced and all of that. You're probably spending more time in the kitchen because you're actually preparing food or you're you know, having to prepare raw foods or whatever. But other than that, if you are doing it well or if you're doing it right, you shouldn't really notice it. You should just sort of feel good and not get sick very often. That, that is the whole point of optimizing your immune system. Exactly. And it, it just needs to be front of mind for you to know that you're eating in a particular way to support your immune system. So I am prone to stress eating. When I'm stressed out, I go right for the sugary, mm-hmm. sweet, cold things. I'm talking about you, ice cream. I love you. I love you. <laughs> when I get stressed, I, I tend to eat bad and and it just turns into this cycle. I feel bad. And I can actually occasionally, like when I go down those stress eating holes, like I'll wake up one morning and I just kind of feel like a sore throat, like swollen glands or Mm -hmm. something, like just the beginnings of being sick. And like, that's all I need to switch gears and be like, all right, get rid of the sugary stuff. And it's amazing that like, I don't actually go full blown sick. I just get a little bit sick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then if I can switch it quick enough, I don't, I don't get sick and my immune system has everything it needs. But I heard a long time ago, and this was mind-blowing to me at the time, and now I can't think of it in any other way. And I think of this when I eat sugar too, because I'm eating sugar for a very specific reason, to manage my stress. Mm -hmm. I'm taking a drug for my stress. Yeah, All food is just a drug. Yep. Right. If you think about it in that way, it's, you know, it's nutrients, it's, it's fuel for your body. Um, and it all has an impact on you. And when you switch it over to that, as opposed to, well, it's just the thing that I shove in my face at, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and all night on the couch when I'm binging Netflix. Mm-hmm. If, if you can switch that mentality over to all food is a drug and it's like all drugs, some are good, some are bad. Mm-hmm. 
And if you take the good drugs, the good food, you're just providing fuel for your body to do all the things that it needs to do anyway. And feeling good is a side effect. So it took me a long time to get there, but that's that's how I think about food now. And it's funny you mentioned the, the stress eating and the crappy feeling that goes along with it after the fact. I think it takes a tremendous amount of self-awareness to know that that feeling crappy is so directly linked to what you chose to eat and not the stress that caused you to eat that way. If, if work is overwhelming, if life for whatever reason is just too much and you're like, oh, I'm going to sit down and eat a box of ice cream and you wake up and you're like, oh God, it's just, it's all too much. I feel like crap. It has a lot to do with the way you treated it and not the actual source of the stress to begin with. And once, you know, if you're eating crappy all the time, you're in that vicious cycle. You never quite realize what it's like to feel good and you never... <laughs> And, and it always has a that that after effect, right? If you eat crappy on day one, it could take three days for that to actually manifest as feeling crappy. But if yeah. you're eating crappy all the time, you're constantly rolling into the next day of of feeling crappy because you ate crappy, feeling crappy because you ate crappy, right? It, that was the one thing that you know when I actually did get a hold of my diet and I actually spent a good month eating low carb. And things that were grown in the ground or or roamed the earth. Sorry, I'm not a vegetarian. You monster. Uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> but you don't notice it right away because your body's adjusting. And it's such a gradual shift. You know, it only took about a month, though, of eating well and not really noticing a difference. And then eating like crap for one day and then realizing two days later how horrible I felt at the beginning of the month because of all the crappy food I was eating, like making that shift to eating well is slow and gradual, but all it takes is eating crappy once and you're back to square one. Well, and we, we touched on this a couple of episodes with Dave Asprey from Bulletproof. I mean, he was talking about so many of the foods that are part of the you know traditional Western diet or whatever are designed to make you hungry and designed to make you want to eat more of that. So add that to the fact that the foods that are the worst for us are the most easily accessible, most uh, easily available, cheapest. And you set up this horrible cycle where millions of people can't break that cycle because stress is at all time highs. And we're in a situation that hasn't been seen in a hundred years right now. I mean, all of these things, it, it really takes a Herculean effort to overcome a system that is designed to make you unhealthy. But it's, you know, when we're talking about the immune system, it's the same thing, right? Your immune system, you don't feel it unless you get sick, of course. But like if you eat crappy, your immune system doesn't work as well. But when you eat good, your immune system is working well. But you can throw it off by having a day of bad eating. And and this is something that is not widely understood. So, you know, I think that that's what led us to want to talk to Marie in the upcoming interview. Yeah. Our, our interview this week is with Marie Ruggles. She is a clinical nutritionist and uh, just a, a terrific conversation with her about her new book, which uh, the thing that I love about her book so much is, uh, you know, I mentioned that nutrition is is such a, you know, a, a lab experiment. It's so scientific. And, and for me, uh, it is not something that I'm well-versed on. I'm not a, a great expert in this field. Um, so I need these things broken down really easy for me. I need to know what's on my plate, what's not on my plate. If you start talking to me about the cellular level of the impact on the cells and all that, I'm I'm on a different book 
with far fewer pages and a lot bigger words. But, but in this case, it, it, her approach to making sure that you are eating to optimize your immune system is uh, really uh, approachable. It is really uh, attainable. And uh, again, her book is called Optimize Your Immune System, Create Health and Resilience with a Kitchen Pharmacy. I love that term, kitchen pharmacy. Uh, but we had a chance to talk to Marie Ruggles about what you can be eating or what you should be eating to optimize your immune system. When people understand how the immune system works, it kind of prompts them to take action because uh, the actions make more sense. So um, the, the immune system has two layers. And the one that we're most concerned with now is what we call the innate immune system. And it's constantly on surveillance kind of testing out what's in our environment and deciding what's okay and what needs to be attacked and derailed. So the virus, for example. Mm. And then once it attacks a virus, it actually takes the remnants from that cell that's no longer an operative, and it uses that as ingredients to make antibodies. So the innate immune system will attack just about anything that seems like it's a pathogen, an enemy. And the secondary immune system has a memory. So that's what we talk about when we say like herd immunity. That means you have a lot of people with cells that recognize a particular virus. So right now, even though um, my work is mostly about prevention, I'm just going to mention COVID a few times because, you know, it's just so relevant. Sure. Our systems don't recognize COVID. They see it as a pathogen and they do go to work to attack it. It's just that it's a particularly radical virus. So our immune system needs help. And on that note, uh, your book focuses very heavily on what we can be putting in our bodies to strengthen the immune system. So I guess my first question is, our, our typical sort of Western U.S. diet, how much is that harming our immune system as we try and battle this, uh, as it's often referred to, the invisible enemy? Yeah, it's actually one of the main problems because the typical diet causes inflammation in the body. And when people get COVID and they become severely ill, it's often because they have a pre-existing level of what we call low-grade inflammation. And you can have that just by eating foods that don't agree with you, processed foods, fast foods, and not enough of the whole foods. On the other end, when you crowd out your diet, so you're eating a lot of whole foods and less processed foods, you're also taking in nutrients that some of them are actually antivirals, that they directly target viruses. Mm -hmm. And that's why I call certain items superfoods, because they actually have compounds that will deactivate viruses. Could you give us a couple of examples of, of what kinds of foods would do that? Sure. So sort of like my whole MO is that everyone should have a kitchen pharmacy. As a matter of fact, the book Optimize Your Immune System was just an update to a publication that I was using for years because I've taught workshops on this for years. And then I decided to add in the subtitle, Create Health and Resilience with a Kitchen Pharmacy, because that's really what it's all about. 
a cabinet in your kitchen or some other places where you can keep some of these superfoods. So I like to start out talking about foods that people are more familiar with that might be in your kitchen as we're speaking. Green tea is actually an antimicrobial. And there's research in school children and healthcare workers, uh, nursing home residents showing that green tea or the extract of green tea substantially reduces the rate of people coming down with the flu, which is a virus. Common cold is also a virus. Garlic and ginger are considered antibiotic foods. They actually have direct activity in targeting and just dismantling viruses. So those are things that you could keep in your your home every day. Garlic is actually more potent if you let it sit for five minutes after you chop it, it develops some extra immune fighting compounds. Another favorite is mushrooms. There are thousands of studies on uh, mushrooms and a a particular component inside mushrooms, one called beta-glucan. And mushrooms actually support the immune system on several levels. So I recommend having a cup of green tea every day. And then when we get into phase two and three, we're actually, we've been exposed to a virus or Maybe we're starting to come down with something I recommend more. Mushrooms I recommend cooking with two times a week. So quick question on that. And maybe the answer here is go buy your book and read it. But (laughs) um, I love mushrooms. Oh, um, wonderful. Love garlic. But both of them I cook. I like raw mushrooms. I really love cooked mushrooms. So is there any difference between the two of raw and cooked? Yeah, and you're doing the right thing, actually, because uh, there are some mushrooms that actually have toxins that are cooked off in the process. So I recommend always cooking mushrooms. The garlic, as long as you chop it and let it sit for five minutes, it's still going to be okay after you cook it. But I like to tell people to keep just a little bit raw. If you're making a sauce or a stir fry, throw in a little bit raw nobody's going to notice it. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Those are some simple things that, like you said, we may already have in our cabinets. What about the things that we already have in our cabinets that need to go in the garbage immediately? Obviously, sodas, sugars, you know, processed foods, white breads, things like that. We hear all the time how bad they are for us. What are some things that maybe we don't consider on that list that should be tossed? So everything in the processed food category, and I do put lists of processed foods and whole foods in the book. And the processed food list is actually quite long. So something that might surprise people is roasted nuts. Uh, When we roast nuts, we change the chemical structure of the fats. So I prefer raw nuts and nuts should be kept in the freezer because they go bad. And unless you're going to use them within two weeks, they should really go into the freezer. Interesting. I never knew. I've got I've got a bag of raw cashews that have been in the cabinet for like a month and a half. <laughs> okay, not too late to put them in the freezer. Okay, good, good. Um, <laughs> and then salad dressings. Most commercial salad dressings are made with oils, including mm-hmm. canola, that just aren't good for our system. When we're talking about rejuvenating our bodies, we're really talking about cells. 
And our immune system, the good news is it turns over every 100 days. So if you just start doing something today, with by the time the weekend comes, you've already started the process. But within 100 days, it completely turns over. So yeah, canola oil is, is not great. Also, any salad dressing you buy at the store probably does, does not have a healthy oil in it. So I recommend that people get um, you could get a powdered mix, for example, Italian seasoning, and just use your own good extra virgin olive oil or avocado oil to whip it up. If so it doesn't have to be super complicated. I do a class on shopping at Trader Joe's. So I tell mm. people they actually have a fat-free balsamic dressing. And so you can take that home and then combine it with olive oil. Oh, Interesting. Yeah, because a lot of people aren't eating enough fat. Yeah. Um, olive oil, coconut oil, butter or ghee um, are actually very good for our cells. Our cell membranes are made of fats. And if you don't eat fats, um, your cells aren't going to be working at you know full capacity. And that's what happens with our immune system. It's actually amazing. But we do things. We don't sleep enough. Our moods, you know, kind of stressed out. Uh, a lot of uh, anxiety and depression, not enough exercise, all of these things derail the immune system mm -hmm. along with toxins. So moving as much as possible to a chemical-free lifestyle, starting with your shampoo and toothpaste is uh, something else people can do to support the immune system. You mentioned eating fats and, and Zach and I have both benefited a lot from variations of the keto diet. Um, okay. Zach is a meat eater. I'm, I took a vegetarian bend on the keto diet, but that meant a lot of processed, you know, meat alternatives for the version that I did because I'm lazy and a terrible cook. So are there diets out there that are, that are being promoted like that, that maybe people should avoid is the keto diet, something people should be wary of because as I was studying, it seemed like it was something that would be beneficial to the immune system because of the kinds of foods that you're eating if you do it right. So I, I guess that's, that's my question. Is there a diet that is marketed that we hear a lot about that, that either we should or should not try to, to boost our immune system? Yeah. Well, when I teach, I sort of a, put a platform out there that can be used with any diet. So, for example, I have on my website a whole foods quick start guide, mm -hmm. and it can be used with the keto. And for some people, the keto is okay. It's actually for certain types of cancer is very good. Mm -hmm. So um, it depends on what your physiology is. So sure. for some people it works, but the thing that you said is that's key is that if I do it right. Mm -hmm. And so it's really a matter of looking at what the big picture is and how to put together a diet that's really nourishing for your body and, and see how you feel because that's the bottom line. See how your blood work is and see how you're feeling after about three months. And that'll be a good indicator if that's working for you. But, you know, vegan, vegetarian, they're all fine as long as you do it right. And Zach, you, uh, who's the meat eater? That would be me. Yeah. Okay. So Zach, I'm a big proponent of getting meat from the farms that treat the animals well. There's a farm uh, where I ordered my meat from is called uh, White Oak Pastures in Georgia. 
-hmm. And the animals are outdoor uh, for their entire life. And the uh, slaughter process is extremely humane. So I encourage people who do eat meat to not eat too much. You really want your plate to be full of vegetables at every meal, but to really try and seek out those places where the animals are healthy and they don't get antibiotics because every time you eat regular meat that's been raised in what we call CAFOs, confined feeding organizations, you're getting a dose of antibiotics. And in the event that you do need the big guns, those antibiotics may not work as well if every time you ate meat, you were getting a tiny dose through that meal. For years, I just ate whatever the store provided from the meat perspective and did it wrong for many years. But um, now it's it's all organic. I, I make sure that I'm eating meat that's been produced responsibly and it tastes yeah. better. Wonderful. And, you know, I did the same before I knew, and I'm still learning. So it's okay. We all have that past. It's, you know, how, so about how we're going to age, basically. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how much energy we have right now and how our brains are working. Those are all good barometers to, you know, really uh, give you an idea of what you're putting into your body, whether or not it's working for you. I, I do have a kind of a follow-up question on the sugar part. I, I've been experimenting with, with a couple of different ways of eating and I've been eating a lot of natural, uh, uh, just oatmeal and oatmeal by itself is very bland. And for me, I put just a, a drop of maple syrup in it. So are you fully against sugar in any way, shape or form, or are there some sugars that are kind of okay to, you know, help me from going crazy and keeping my wife sane <laughs> as well. Oh, no. You know, as a matter of fact, I, I do have a section in the book on alternative sweeteners because I love sweet foods. I'll probably rename my website, you know, nutritionists who love sweets. But there are <laughs> um, natural sweeteners that actually taste pretty good and can really be used to help us cut down on our total sugar intake. I love to bake. But um, maple syrup is a great natural sugar. And I, uh, there's actually some minerals in maple syrup, as is, you know, raw honey. But there are items like monk fruit or monk fruit that's combined with other natural sweeteners. And you can use those either as a replacement or side by side. So in order to really replicate that sweetness that you're used to, Sometimes if you use a little bit of both, you'll come close to a flavor that you really like, Mm -hmm. but the actual amount of sugar is much less. And we have studies showing that if you have a lot of sugar, it actually derails your immune system for the next five hours. So, yeah. So if like, if I were to eat a lot of sugar right now and go grocery shopping, uh, grocery shopping might be considered, you know, phase one in my program is what you do every day to strengthen and prime your immune systems. Phase two is when you've been in an unhealthy environment or near a sick person. So my immune system would be working at 50% capacity while I was in that grocery store. That's, you know, potential opportunity for exposure or viral transfer. So um, it's a good idea to uh, take a look at the sugar uh, that you're eating and uh, see 
you know, if you could put in some of those replacements and they're all natural, there are leaves, that's their fruit, that's where they come from. Mm-hmm. But definitely say no to anything artificial because that leads to inflammation. The body recognizes it as a toxin. You mentioned that exposure, and obviously we're talking a lot about exposure to viruses with COVID being so so prominent. But how concerned are you that, I guess, as a vaccine comes along and we start taking steps to get back to normal and we've all been sort of isolated? I, I read a lot early on from people saying, all of this isolation is going to make it uh, make us more susceptible to the other viruses that we normally encounter every single day, going to the grocery store, riding the bus, just being in that environment. Is that something that we should be concerned about? And are there steps we can be taking to boost our immunity beyond what we're talking about here, just sort of in general? Right. Yep, definitely. Well, there are always new viruses that circulate in the form of a variety of respiratory infections, the common cold, the flu. And, you know, virologists were not surprised that COVID came here. It actually hopped over from the animals and um, it will happen again. Mm -hmm. So my concern is that people will get lax. And my whole message is follow the path here, strengthen your immune system, because it's not just against viruses, it's against arthritis, thyroid conditions, diabetes, cancer, you're, you know, strengthening your immune system will pay off for your entire lifetime. But definitely there are products that can help you wage the battle if there has been viral transfer. So this is when we're still talking prevention. There's a a virus that's entered your body and is replicating. And basically that's what we want to do is just stop viral replication. And your body does that on its own, Mm -hmm. but it needs help with, you know, these more radical viruses, or if you're really run down and not taking care of yourself. And look, that happens to me. I have a bad habit of saying yes, overpacking my schedule. And that's my personal hotspot. That's when I am most vulnerable to getting sick. You know, when you overpack your schedule, what does that come with? Stress, another whammy. So if you're starting to have the symptoms, instead of saying, oh boy, here it comes, you can take vitamin C, uh, like 500 milligrams every two hours. You can take elderberry. As a matter of fact, all the teachers I work with take elderberry every morning during the winter. Mm. It's just something you can do to prevent viral replication. If you're in a school with, you know, hundreds of kids, there are viruses floating around. Yeah. Same with my healthcare workers. There are also some comprehensive immune supplements that you can bring on board. For example, in my book, what I typically do is I'll mention one of my favorite supplements, but then I'll give a few that might be less expensive mm-hmm. or in a different format, such as a gummy or a liquid or a powder. But there is a a product called Wellness Formula by Source Naturals. Mm -hmm. And if you feel like you're starting to come down with something, I would start taking that according to the label directions. And they give you different doses depending where you're at. You can get out in the sun if it's warm enough, even if it's cool. And you can just get your arms exposed because that immediate boost in vitamin D production is going to help the immune system to function. People tell me all the time, they start to feel better immediately after getting that 
15 minutes of sunshine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, definitely. And then you would want to increase the green tea to maybe four cups a day. Now, green tea does have caffeine. So if you're sensitive, you just want to be careful about that. So there are a number of things you can do, but really the first part of my message, phase one, the foundation is get your immune stores up now. When you go to the doctor, just tell them you want to test your vitamin D two times a year, three times a year. You don't need an appointment to do that. They can electronically submit a test at four. Like, let's say you're at your annual visit. You can ask for another vitamin D test at four and then again at eight months, especially if you're prone to vi um, respiratory infections. It's super important. The research is there, solid, thousands of studies. Vitamin D helps prevent pneumonia, basically. Wow. So when you have those stores in your body of selenium, vitamin uh, D, zinc, that helps you if there's been viral transfer. You don't even know it's happening because your body already has the equipment it needs to bring that virus down. So I do recommend taking uh, 15 to 25 milligrams of zinc on a daily basis. These are uh, adult doses because it's really hard to get from food. Our only good food source of zinc is oysters. Mm, interesting. Selenium, you can get from one large Brazil nut a day. So I recommend that people just put um, shelled Brazil nuts in the cabinet where their cups are or a cabinet that they go into every day, maybe next to your multiple vitamin. And you take that every day as if it was you know, part of your vitamin routine. Mm. I love that. I love just the whole concept of, of the food being the pharmacy. And we spend so much time in the kitchen, especially families. Mm -hmm. Everyone's always in the kitchen. So it's a great place, even teas. You could have a cabinet with teas. Uh, for example, I love a tea that's called bronchial wellness. All my healthcare workers drink that every morning, even if they don't have asthmatic lungs or problems. It's, it's just a delicious way to re reinforce your, your lung function. And, you know, kind of gives you that extra edge for when you are exposed. But there are teas that are like called throat code mm -hmm. and respiratory support. Those are great to just have around and, and make a regular habit of, of using. Great to introduce kids to at an early age. Those are just some of the great suggestions you have in, in the book. It's a, it's a it's a, a very quick read. I read through almost all of it last night. And uh, but as you mentioned several times in the book, it's a great reference to just have uh, in the kitchen and and to grab it as you're putting together your meal, your snack, or whatever, and and protecting your your body with the foods you're putting in your mouth. Exactly. And chapter six is really um, a summary, so you don't have to read the whole book again when you're like. Like when you've been exposed or you're starting to come down with something, you could just go there and at a glance, see exactly what you're supposed to do. So I like to keep things simple. That's yeah. what people in our culture need. Yeah, it's true. So, and you know, I've been a nutritionist for um, over 40 years and I, I do a lot of cooking. I spend a lot of time in the kitchen. And so my recommendations are really based in reality. And uh, the quick food start guide, um, it's, it's something people can use and just progress at their own pace. There's no judgment. 
no, all or none. Mm-hmm. You do what you can. Yeah. And starting small, if that's all you can do, that's fine. All right. Our thanks to Marie Ruggles. She is a clinical nutritionist and the author of the new book, Optimize Your Immune System, Create Health and Resilience with a Kitchen Pharmacy. One of the things that she said in that uh, interview that completely blew me away was the immediate impact that sugar has on your immune system. The idea that consuming sugar and within hours, your immune system is dramatically weakened. So if you had, you know, donuts for breakfast and you run out to Costco, you're taking a huge risk. I, I never would have known that it had that immediate of an impact. And if you're shopping wrong at Costco, if you're eating the donuts while you're there, oh, man. your immune system might actually be compromised before you leave. Well, and if you go the wrong way down the wrong aisle, it just it just totally adds up. You're hosed. Nobody follows that here in America. <laughs> no one. Well, like I said at the beginning of the show, you know, whenever I do start to feel a little sick, that's the one thing I cut out is all sugar. And when I cut out all sugar within a day or two, I generally bounce back. It's pretty rare that I go full-blown get sick. I usually just get that kind of the day before feeling and then cutting out sugar brings me right back to feeling generally not good. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes that's the best you can hope for. Uh, I also, uh, this is something that that I've tried for a long time to live by, but the idea of, of eating organic whenever you can, it is for many and often for us cost prohibitive. But one mm-hmm. way or another, you do pay. You either pay for it now with a bigger grocery bill or you pay for it later with a weakened immune system and illness and sick time at work or whatever the long-term effects are of a poor diet. And again, the, you're trying to do this in a system that is designed for you to fail. You're doing this in a system where the producers of food have shareholders that they that they need to please. So they need repeat customers. They need people to keep coming back and eating the same thing. So it's in their best interest to not to be conspiracy theory, but get us addicted to these types of foods and keep us coming back. Well, and to make them affordable so that we can afford to keep buying them over and over and over again and ultimately paying the price one way or another. Yeah, the dollar menu at McDonald's. Woohoo. <laughs> I got I got to I have to admit, I love the McRib. And I I actually went and got it. Two weeks ago. Real, so they, they currently have it. I thought this was a special occasion kind of thing. It is. And right now they have it available. Ah. And I ate the sandwich. I'll, I'll admit it. I love the taste of that sandwich. Like I enjoyed eating it thoroughly. Within 30 minutes, you could hear my stomach across <laughs> the room. It was making so much noise. And within an hour, I felt lethargic. That's and the, that's your body saying, would, wait a minute, that, that wasn't food. Oh, no. It, yeah, my body completely reacted badly to it. And it again, I need those moments occasionally where I eat something bad and I realize that was enjoyable for 30 seconds and I'm going to pay for that for two days. Oh. So, And I can't <laughs> even imagine what, what impact that had on my immune system by eating that. Yeah. Oh, my God. So gross. But delicious, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah, that that's my that is my weak point. I love to eat. When I first started working out, I realized that I could eat more by working out. Sure. So that was my entire goal was I can eat more crappy stuff if I just run or if I go do some exercise. Fast forward a little bit now I realize it's all about balance and you know, you're not exercising to eat more, you're exercising to supplement eating healthy. But 
that is one of my weak points. I truly, truly, truly enjoy the dopamine rush that I get from some of my favorite foods. Ice cream, I'm talking to you again. <laughs> this whole episode is a love letter to your freezer and all of the ice cream in it. Well, and so my <laughs> wife and I have a joke running because my favorite kind of ice cream is a Ben & Jerry's flavor called Chubby Hubby. And it's vanilla malt ice cream with peanut butter in it. And like, I, w- I would just eat that all day if I could. But it literally, if I eat chubby hubby, I become a chubby hubby. Of course, yeah. That's that's that's, the the joke that we have going on. It's named that way on purpose, for sure. So whenever I go for it, my wife is always like, oh, so I get my chubby hubby too. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Which generally leads me to put it back Exactly. Uh, One thing that's been really interesting, we've been up in Canada for uh, all all the month of January and we've gone to A&W. It's a big thing up here. They're they're everywhere. And it's fascinating that they uh, they advertise. Apparently, this is a new thing for them. All of their meat is 100% grass fed meat, which nice. you know none of us eat meat, so we haven't been able to to taste it and see what it's like. But you should um, switch just because of that. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but what's also fascinating is Beyond the uh, the the meat alternative company Beyond. They are in all of the various fast food restaurants up here too. So there's been plenty of options for us. But um, but it's just it's cool to see the you know, that a fast food chain can find a way to do something relatively healthy with their food and not just give you plastic with barbecue sauce on it and call it a McRib. Oh, it's so much more than that. <laughs> like It's like plastic and heaven all wrapped up in, in cellophane. What if they made a McRib ice cream? Would you, would you ever leave the house? I don't think I, w- I could do that. <laughs> I love barbecue sauce, but that's just a, sounds like a nasty ice cream combo. It would take a lot of athletic brewing company beer to wash down a McRib flavored ice cream, I would suspect. I would suspect that even athletic brewing would, would struggle. That that ice cream combo sounds terrible. <laughs> really, so really bad. Don't don't take that one to market then, huh? Don't uh, don't try and start marketing <laughs> that one. Well, so have you been eating ketchup chips up there? We have had uh, the ketchup chips, which if I never taste another one, uh, it'll be too soon. Mm-hmm. However, I am not a fan of pickles in general. I'm if, if pickles are in something, I, fine, that I can deal with that. Eating a pickle on its own, no thanks, not for me. However, pickle potato chips are magical. Those things are amazing. Yeah. I've had them. They are pretty good. What's what's the other one? All dressed. Oh, all, dre- all, all dressed or all dressed. all dressed. Okay. These are the what's other ones dressed? that are a bigot. And these are like they're like salt and vinegar chips mixed with barbecue chips. Ooh, yeah, they're that sounds good. They're incredible. And then the candy selection. Don't get me started. We've been eating uh, the coffee crisp, which is not uh, not often found in America. What's the other one we're eating? The caramel milk. These are the chocolates with uh, with caramel inside. Oh, a Wonder Bar. Wonder Bar is the shit. You got to get yourself yeah. a Wonder Bar. You got to you got to drive north uh, a few hours and get yourself a Wonder <laughs> Bar, and it'll it'll cure it'll curb your uh, ice cream craving. I don't know. We'll see about that. So Canada is a place of many delicious treats is my, my big takeaway here. Oh, and poutine. I've had more poutine in this month than I've had in my life. You can't go wrong with that. That's, That's just oh, classic. Man. Cheese, fries, and gravy. Yes, yes, sir. I'll have another. I would like to get an additional stomach so I can put more in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This one box is not nearly enough. I'll need three more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice. 
All right. Well, with that, we are going to wrap things up. Thank you so much for listening. The uh, website for the show is thefitmess.com. While you're there, subscribe on whatever podcast player you're using and uh, sign up for the newsletter so you never miss a thing related to the show. Our thanks to our guest, Marie Ruggles. Her book, Optimize Your Immune System, is available through our website. And our thanks to our sponsor, The Athletic Brewing Company. And thank you to you for listening. We will be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode at thefitmess.com. See you, everyone. We know this podcast is amazing and does not seem to lack anything, but we do need a legal disclaimer. Jeremy and Zach are not doctors. They do not play them on the Internet, and even if they did play them on the Internet, they would be really bad at it. Please consult your physician prior to implementing any changes that you heard on this podcast. The listener assumes that Jeremy and Zach do not know what they are talking about and that you will do your own research on the topics talked about on this podcast.